Real leaders leave a legacy. They capture the hearts and minds of their teams. Their origin story puts the safety and well-being of their people first. Great companies ubiquitously have safe yet productive operations. For those companies, safety is an investment, not a cost for the C-suite. It's a real topic of daily focus. This is The Safety Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and safety guru, public speaker, and author. Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to The Safety Guru, where we explore topics around operations, leadership, and particularly the essential role that operational leaders have in driving the safety for. I'm Eric McCroskey, President and CEO of Proplo, our host for this show today. And previously on The Safety Guru, we had Dr. Josh Williams, partner human performance and business transformation at Propolo, and I'm glad to have him back on our show this time to talk about close call reporting. Thank you, Josh, for coming back on our uh, show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. So Dr. Josh Williams has a PhD in IO psychology from Virginia Tech. He is a pioneer in the safety culture space with over 20 years of experience with a broad range of clients, ranging from aerospace, pharmaceutical, military, oil and gas, utilities, and manufacturing. Wow, quite the impressive resume. He's authored a book. He's co-edited a second one. He has published over 40 different articles and presented at over 100 different conferences. And he's also the national prize winner from the Cambridge Center on Behavioral Safety. Wow, an impressive background. So, Josh, maybe you can refresh our listeners a little bit about how you came about in the safety space and what brought you here. Thank you. Right now, thanks, Eric. So, I, I was in graduate school, uh, as you mentioned, you know, working towards a, a PhD, and and I enjoyed it. But I, I, it just felt to me like a lot of the stuff that we were learning and talking about was very kind of ivory tower, and that's that's okay. But it wasn't for me, and I was getting a bit frustrated. And uh, one of uh, one of the professors at Virginia Tech, uh, a guy named Scott Geller. Uh, mm-hmm who many, many people may know, and really uh, is kind of the, in my mind, sort of the, the father, sort of the fountainhead of the psychology of safety, really, if you, if you boil it down. But anyway, he, he was a professor there, asked me to, uh, you know, get on board with his team, which I did, and it was great. You know, we were out in the field, we were in mines, we were doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and, and for a graduate student, it was a really good uh, experience. So this is back in the late 90s, I'm getting old, but it was a long time ago, but that's kind of where we where I got started, and I just really liked it. It felt like, you know, you're fighting the good fight once I, of course, I finished up, and I worked with him for a bit. Um, but, you know, you're fighting the good fight. You're trying to keep people from getting hurt, and uh, it just kind of resonated with me. So that's kind of how I got started. That's such an impressive story and really exciting. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about close call reporting, which is a really key component of any safety strategy. We'll be right back to talk more about it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Safety Guru. This is your host, Eric McCroskey. We know how many businesses have been impacted by the current COVID-19 Black Swan event. Propolo has invested all its available capacity to create free resources for leaders on how to navigate this crisis. Whether you would like to explore some of our free tools, subscribe to our free bi-weekly newsletter, or seek free advice, I encourage you to visit covidblackswan.com covidblackswan.com 
Propolo has committed not to profit from this crisis in any way. It's our way of giving back to the communities that we serve. Thank you. Like what we do? Share this on your socials and tell everyone. Josh, uh, you, you've really uh, blown me away. You've talked about uh, uh, close call reporting. You created a quiz to help leaders address this so critical component. Uh, a free quiz where people can self-assess, see how they're doing, compare themselves against others. And if you're interested in getting there, go to highway20.com, highway20.com. Um, great way to get started. So maybe let's let's start talking a little bit about close call reportings. Why is it so important for a leader to to make sure that the close call reporting is working well? You know, when you see all these different organizations, and I've seen some really, really good ones, and I've seen some really rough ones. One of the big different, you know, differentiators, I guess, between the two is this concept now called, you know, learning environment or learning organizations. And I think it's a good trend. You know, human performance, I think, has helped push us uh, in that direction. But the idea is simply, you know, things happen. We learn from mistakes. We're not beating people up. We're trying to move in the right direction. And the best way to get that information is from the people that are on the job doing the job. And they, they know what's going on. And if we have an environment where people are free to speak up, they may be reinforced for speaking up. Uh, it just creates a more positive environment. And it's just a lot more open environment. So if somebody gets hurt or, or killed on the job. If someone else had a similar experience, they, they got lucky and dodged a bullet. Well, if they don't say something, somebody else may not be so lucky. So from a big-picture perspective, we're creating a, a learning organization, and the spirit of that is if we're speaking up more, we're keeping each other safe. That, that's phenomenal. So, so I was talking a couple of weeks ago to this leader, and, and he told me, hey, I'm, a, I'm an at-will shop, and if somebody gets injured, I just fire the person. So why should I care about close call reporting if that's my philosophy? If that's your philosophy, you shouldn't. If that's your philosophy, you should be doing something else. Uh, that's, that's scary old school command and control. And look, 20-something years ago, that, that was, I was seeing that a whole lot more. I'll, I'll say, especially over the last maybe 10, 12 years, cultures are getting better. And I, and I don't know if it's – I'm not sure why exactly – Hopefully some of our efforts are, are helping us move in the right direction. But that command and control, fear-based, is old school, outdated. If you're doing that, you're a dinosaur. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's just the reality of it, and it's just really unhealthy for everybody. So leading organizations uh, are, are positive. They're looking at trying to get information. That doesn't mean that there's never, uh, you know, negative consequences potentially for something going wrong I, you know don't don't get me wrong it just shouldn't that's the last resort that shouldn't be uh, our first response completely agree i think and that, that's one of the pieces i've heard too often uh where, where even i was talking to one executive and somebody had just gone injured and then they they said i i promptly went to the hospital to fire the person to teach him a lesson and i said I think they got enough of a lesson by getting injured and getting into the hospital, right? So completely agree that this concept of organizational learning has been around for a very long time. Um, I, I often talk about in terms of you want people to see problems, see opportunities within the business. You want to then teach them how to solve them so that we're constantly trying to find ways to make things better inside the organization at all levels within the organization. And then you want to share and embed those learnings across the organization. That's really, to me, this concept of organizational learnings. And this close call reporting is such a critical component of, of that. Um, so I, I haven't started one in my business. What would be the first thing that I should do if I want to have a, a good close call reporting system? Eliminate fear. There should be no fear associated uh, with reporting close calls. Which my, I don't know, Eric, and I think you brought this to my attention once, once upon a time, but 
I think in 2011, there was a uh, air traffic controller in Switzerland. There was a close call. Two airplanes uh, were were too close to each other, I guess, uh, uh, on the runway. And the, they, this person took it upon himself to report it. And rather than, you know, being thanked or, or whatever else, he was faced criminal proceedings, I guess, and was fined 19,000 francs. I don't know what that is in U.S. or Canadian dollars, but it was a criminal offense. And it's like if, if you're if – you're, Doing that to folks for reporting, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to drive everything underground, and people start hiding things. So step one above all else with close call reporting is drive out the fear. I think such such an important point. I, I, I grew up, as, as many of you know, in the airline industry, um, and that's where I really got my understanding of safety and safety culture and the importance of it. And one of the things I just really admired was how – um, it was so embedded that you would just share if you made a mistake and something was wrong, you would talk about it. And you'd have a negative ramification and you'd try to hide it. But even if both pilots fell asleep, it was, I, I'm encouraging you to report it because otherwise that's one day going to become a big issue. Um, so I love what you're talking about, removing fear. Um, any, any ideas, if, if fear has been part of the organization, the leader I was just talking to you about that, that basically fires somebody if they make a mistake, if they, said, they listen to your podcast and say, oh, my goodness, Josh, you are absolutely right. I need to do things differently. How do I start the process of removing fear from the equation? Talk to your leaders and make sure all leaders are on board. Sometimes, uh, let's say I see the light as a CEO, for instance, and uh, I realize we're doing things wrong. We're going to get it changed. First message, because you may have been doing it that way 10 years. It's hard to change culture. It's hard to change mindsets. Uh, so the first order of business is getting your executive folks to understand and cascading that down, that that is uh, how we're going to be doing things to make sure that leaders are reinforcing it. They should be thanking people for bringing something up. If there's a close call on someone, if there's an injury even, I mean, we, we, the first response, the default response is, thanks for bringing things up. We need to bring it to everybody's attention. Information sharing is critical. If you want to prevent bad things from happening, share with uh, or other, not just in that particular area. With other organizations, if you've got a sister facility in uh, another area, share it with them too. That's king. We've got to make sure we get that information out to folks. That's really good. How about competitors? Should you be sharing closed calls with your competition? Right, Because at the end of the day, safety is not a competitive differentiator. How do you broach that topic? The airlines are really good at doing that. I, I have to say is they, they realize that safety is so paramount that I'm going to share it even if you're my competitor on a – on, on, a, on a daily basis. Yeah, fight them in a different space. You know, <laughs> give us more leg room. You know, you don't, we, need, we don't need to be fighting about uh, uh, that. We should be sharing information freely across the board. Look, this is a bigger issue. This is people's lives at stake. If you've talked to people that have had serious injuries or they've been a part or seen other people getting killed, and again, I've talked to people that make those phone calls to people's families. It's devastating for everybody. Not, yes. So let's, let's, let's just put that aside and fight, you know, fight the good fight in, in terms of uh, you know, preventing those SIFs. So how would I do this? Would I just ring up my competitor and say, hey, can we start sharing some ideas on how to improve safety or go to an organization or a little bit of all of the above? Yeah, I think all of the above. More information is good. That's fantastic. Okay. So, so now I want to double-click on another topic. You talk a lot about um, how you do something with what you learn and, and the importance of creating credibility in the close-call reporting process. Um, I, I talked about before in terms of see, solve, share – and it's really the, 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 the sharing part, but also the solving part. Any words of wisdom around that? 
Yeah, that's a big one, and I'm, I'm, I appreciate you asking the question because, you know, part of the challenge is we people will set up a close-call reporting system and no one reports anything. And they, and they, they look at me, and then they start going the incentives like we had talked about in our, our last podcast. Look, incentives is not the answer there necessarily. It, it may be a, a, something to do. If I bring something up, let me add, and this is a question, I guess, rhetorical for the listeners, but if I'm out there on the job, I got an issue, it's important to me, I bring it up, and I never hear back, what's my impression of what's going on? You know, it's, people don't care. It's a problem. So making sure we get back to people is critical. And sometimes it may be we can't fix this exactly the way you want right away. We're doing ABC in the meantime to try to address it, but we need to be highly responsive. And that's one of the biggest weaknesses with close call reporting is we're not getting information back to people. We're expecting them to fill out these cards or tell somebody and they never hear back. They're, they're going to quit doing it. So that information back to folks really is, is really important, I think. That's phenomenal. So uh, if you haven't already done so, go to highwaytozero.com, highwaytozero.com. Take this free self-assessment quiz that's going to look at best practices, ideas, provoke thinking, and most importantly, provoke you to start thinking about what actions you can take. I'll be right back with some additional questions to close off with Dr. Josh Williams. Thank you. We're back with Dr. Josh Williams. And once again, highwaytozero.com, that free self-assessment to see how you're doing, how you stack up against others in the space who've done really well around close call reporting. So a couple of closing questions. Um, one of the things that uh, I've often talked about is that there's a degree of maturity that starts progressing in terms of close call reporting. You start out and, and maybe you're starting to report things that that team did. And that team maybe is a subcontractor, another competitor that's on site as a, as a contractor on, on your site, or another team. Then you start progressing to saying, I'm willing to accept things that my team, my teammates, my colleagues, my crew has done that need to be changed. And at the higher level of maturity is I start recognizing, you know what, I'm not perfect. And I've also made some mistakes. And the value of learning from my mistakes, from the errors I've made, is really worthy of it. So I, I look at those steps really in terms of understanding where I'm at from a maturity in close car reporting. Any thoughts for me? Yeah, that's a nice way to look at it. Um, and I think, you know, testimonials are powerful. We all know that the, if you're watching debates and you have see politicians telling a story, well, I was in Iowa and someone came in. You know, they, they, there's a reason. Stories have impact. And when someone has the courage to stand up in front of other folks and say, look, I had a close call. This could have this really got me in trouble. Uh, it didn't, but it could have. Sharing that information is big. And if we can get people to do that naturally, I think you're right. That's a sign of high maturity with your close call reporting. That, that's phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, very quickly, some people call it near miss reporting, close call reporting. Is it the same thing? I think so. I mean, it's not a near miss. That thing almost hit me in the head. That was not it was a near hit uh, or maybe a close call. I just I, I think close call. I think people are moving more and more toward because it is a close call. You almost got hit by a car as a close call. So I, I think it may be a semantics issue, but I think it's a better way to go. I think it's what people are, are using more and more. So really thinking about the things that if something had happened differently could have resulted in an injury is really what we're trying to, to summarize and, and capture. Uh, any closing thoughts for us as we talk about this? 
Yeah, I liked what you said about the maturity uh, level and and our discussion kind of on learning organizations is, is just, again, kind of repeating that, having an open environment where, where people want to speak up is important. A couple of quick hitter points to consider. First, it should be made easy. Sometimes not everyone's comfortable with computers. Not everyone's comfortable with doing things on apps, uh, speaking for myself. Um, so keep it simple, you know. I mean, and paper reporting, some people prefer that. Make it easy for people to report things. It, it shouldn't be a hassle. I think that would be step one. Step two would be prioritizing, tracking these close calls that are coming in. And one thing I think better organizations are starting to do is not just do a laundry list of different close calls, but they're prioritizing, particularly for SIF potential. I mean, if that can get you killed, we need need to address it now. That comes to the front of the line. So doing a better job with the prioritization and tracking. I think the third thing we talked about a little bit, but is just address things quickly. And be honest, if you can't fix something right away, we're going to do this in the meantime. But be honest with people. But getting back to people uh, is just really important. The person that was involved and with other people as well. And then uh, the final one would be advertising improvements. Look, it doesn't cost any extra money. You've already made the fix. Tell people. I hate to say it, but it is marketing. You are advertising. You are displaying and demonstrating your commitment to safety. And one of the best ways of doing that is addressing people's issues as they come up. So advertise, advertise, advertise in meetings, emails, one-on-one conversations. Make sure that people understand you all are working hard to uh, address those close calls. I love it. Advertise, advertise, advertise. And I would all add Communicate, communicate, communicate. Make sure people see the value in what you're doing, what's in it for them. It's been such a pleasure to have you on our show once again. Um, And again, for the listeners, if you're interested, go to highwaytozero.com. Completely free quiz, no gimmicks, no nothing. Nobody's going to call you. Nobody's going to start harassing you afterwards. Just a good way to start thinking about how you can move forward. And Dr. Josh Williams is such a generous person with his time, his ideas, so committed to driving safety forward that I'm sure if you wanted to hear more about what you could do in your space, he'd be willing to help you out. So thank you so much, and thank you for listening to The Safety Guru. Thank you for listening to The Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Grow your success. Capture the hearts and minds of your teams. Fuel your future. Come back in two weeks for the next episode or listen to our sister show with the ops guru, Eric McCroskey.